0: Welcome to the Oncology On Air podcast. I am Dr. Prashant. In this episode, we will talk about diffuse large B cell lymphoma. This is part one. In this episode, we will talk about clinical and prognostic factors, treatment of newly diagnosed DLBCL, treatment of limited stage DLBCL, novel strategies to increase cure rates in DLBCL, treatment of relapsed. Refractory disease and management of non-transplant eligible patients with relapsed or refractory disease including novel therapies such as CAR T-cell therapy. Diffuse large B-cell lymphoma is characterized by the presence of large B-cells displaying a diffuse growth pattern. The World Health Organization classification identifies various subcategories within DLBCL encompassing molecular subtypes such as germinal center B cell DLBCL or activated B cell DLBCL. Other pathologic subtypes in the WHO classification include T cell histiocyte rich large B cell lymphoma and specified disease entities like primary mediastinal large B cell lymphoma and primary DLBCL of the central nervous system. DLBCL constitutes approximately 30% of all non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and can manifest with either nodal or extranodal involvement. In less than 10% of cases, there is bone marrow involvement with large cell lymphoma. Additionally, 10-20% to of patients exhibit a discordant marrow involvement with a low-grade B-cell lymphoma despite a nodal biopsy consistent with TLBCL. In addition to the B cell markers CD20 and CD19, neoplastic cells may express CD10 in 30 to 60%, BCL6 in 60 to 90%, and MUM1 in 35 to 65%. Occasionally, CD5 expression occurs, requiring distinction from the blastoid variant of mantle cell lymphoma characterized by cyclin D1 positivity two molecularly distinct subtypes of DLBCL, not otherwise specified, are acknowledged. The GCB, exhibiting a gene expression profile akin to the germinal center B cells, in which case they are CD10 and BCL6 positive, an activated B cell, reflecting a profile similar to the activated peripheral B cells, in which case they are IRF4 or MUM1 positive, with a prominent nuclear factor kappa-beta gene signature. We will now discuss the clinical and biological prognostic factors in DLBCL. Roughly two-thirds of individuals diagnosed with DLBCL can achieve a cure through rituximab-based chemotherapy. Nonetheless, the categorization into low- and high-risk groups can be refined by considering both clinical and biological factors. While the International Prognostic Index remains robust and relevant in the current rituximab treatment era, it does not encompass the entirety of the prognostic information. For instance, a patient with an International Prognostic Index score of 3, indicating advanced stage disease, multiple sites of extranodal involvement, and elevated LDH, falls into a high intermediate risk group with an expected 5 year probability of survival, with chop ranging from 50 to 60%. However, despite the continued applicability of the International Prognostic Index in the present treatment landscape, it falls short in capturing the underlying biological heterogeneity of DLBCL. As mentioned earlier, molecular division through gene expression profiling identifies two distinct subtypes, the GCB and the ABC, each having a signature distinct from primary mediastinal large B-cell lymphoma. ABC-DLBCL, characterized by an inferior prognosis, operates independently of the International Prognostic Index. While gene expression profiling provides molecular insights, its clinical utility is constrained by a prolonged turnaround time, the necessity for fresh, frozen tissue, technical intricacies, and the lack of routine availability in clinical settings immunohistochemical algorithms have been employed to capture the cell of origin phenotype utilizing a methodology suitable for routine application in clinical practice hans et al initially presented an ihc algorithm for distinguishing germinal center b cell dlbcl versus non gcb subgroups using cd10 bcl6 and MOM1. The Hans algorithm. When compared to the DNA microarray, which is considered the gold standard, the sensitivity of the IHC cell of origin subgrouping was 71% for the GCB group and 88% for the non-GCB group. Various algorithms with expression profiling have been developed, yet results have shown inconsistency regarding the applicability of the cell-of-origin distinction by immunohistochemistry in rituximab-treated patients. One study revealed that none of the five different IHC algorithms applied could distinguish cell-of-origin subgroups with prognostic significance. In contrast, another study identified the Tally algorithm utilizing CD10, GCET, MUM1, and FOXP1 as demonstrating the best concordance with microarray data while maintaining prognostic significance. Due to these inconsistencies and lack of data suggesting that alternate therapies may impact outcomes, cell of origin information, whether obtained through molecular profiling or immunohistochemistry, should not be utilized to guide treatment decisions outside of clinical trials. Recent technological advances in gene expression profiling allow real-time cell-of-origin determination from formalin-fixed paraffin-embedded tissue. The Lymphoma Leukemia Molecular Profiling Project developed the Lymph2CX assay, a parsimonious digital gene expression-based test for cell-of-origin assignment in formalin-fixed paraffin-embedded tissue. However, until gene expression analysis becomes clinically available, the 2016 WHO classification includes the subclassification of DLBCL-NOS as GCB or non-GCB based on IHC algorithms. MYC or MYC is translocated in around 5-10% to of DLBCLs and early studies indicate its association with an aggressive course in both pre and post rituximab treatment eras, in certain cases there is also a translocation 14:18 involving BCL2 or a BCL6 translocation involving chromosome 3, leading to the characterization of the disease as double-hit lymphoma or triple-hit lymphoma if all three translocations are present: MYC, BCL2, and BCL6. Double-hit or triple-hit lymphomas can manifest as high-grade transformation from an underlying follicular lymphoma or as a de novo disease. The combination of MYC driving cellular proliferation and BCL2 preventing apoptosis constitutes an extremely high-risk biological subset of aggressive lymphomas with low cure rates using traditional r therapy. Earlier in the 2008 WHO classification scheme, double-hit lymphomas were incorporated within the classification of DLBCL, or more commonly B-cell lymphoma, unclassifiable with features intermediate between Burkitt lymphoma and diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. However, in the 2016 WHO classification, double-hit lymphoma is now recognized as a distinct molecularly defined aggressive lymphoma named high-grade B-cell lymphoma with MYC and BCL2 and or BCL6 rearrangements and the previous classification of B cell lymphoma, unclassifiable with features intermediate between Burkitts and DLBCL, has been eliminated. With the recent availability of MYC antibody for immunohistochemistry analysis, two large scale studies have assessed the prognostic importance of MYC, MYC, and BCL2 protein expression. Often referred to as double expressors in DLBCL patients treated with R-CHOP chemotherapy, approximately one third of cases exhibit MiC protein expression, a higher incidence than detected by fluorescence in situ hybridization analysis at 11%. Importantly, double expressors constituting 20 to 25% of newly diagnosed DLBCLs have an inferior prognosis compared to other DLBCLs, though not as poor as for patients with double-hit lymphomas. Novel treatment approaches are required for these high-risk patients. We will now discuss the treatment of newly diagnosed advanced stage DLBCL. The foundational treatment for all subtypes of diffuse large B-cell lymphoma involves anthracycline-based therapy, with R-CHOP, leading to the cure of approximately two-third of patients. R-CHOP consists of Rituximab, Cyclophosphamide, hydroxydaunorubicin, Oncovin or Vincristin, and Prednisone. Rituximab, with its various mechanisms of action, including sensitizing otherwise resistant lymphoma cells to chemotherapy agents, plays a crucial role in enhancing treatment outcomes. A landmark Phase 3 clinical trial conducted by the GELA group involved 399 previously untreated patients aged 60 to 80 with advanced stage CD20 positive DLBCL. The trial compared CHOP for 8 cycles to RCHOP on a standard 21 day schedule. RCHOP demonstrated superior results across all endpoints, including complete response rate event-free survival, and overall survival. With extended follow-up, the superiority of RCHOP persisted, making it the global standard of care for advanced DLBCL. The 10-year outcomes revealed a 10-year progression-free survival of 35% for RCHOP-treated patients compared to 20% for CHOP alone and a 10-year overall survival of 43.5% Versus 27.6%. Two other randomized control studies, the Mabthera International Study Group and the Rituximab with CHOP over 60 years, Ricova 60 trial, further supported the advantage of adding Rituximab to anthracycline based chemotherapy in DLBCL. The Rituximab containing regimens in these studies, conducted in different patient groups, demonstrated improvements. In event-free survival and overall survival, the RICOVA-60 trial additionally established that 6 cycles of RCHOP yielded the best outcome. Recent randomized trials aimed at improving outcomes in DLBCL compared various strategies to standard RCHOP. These strategies included substituting the next-generation anti-CD20 monoclonal antibody for Rituximab, adding the proteosome inhibitor Bortizomib, using maintenance Everolimus, consolidation with high-dose chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation, and infusional therapy with dose-adjusted EPOCH chemotherapy. However, all these trials showed no improvement in survival compared to standard RCHOP. Consequently, based on these findings, The administration of RCHOP every 21 days for 6 cycles remains the established standard of care for advanced stage DLBCL. We will now discuss the treatment of limited stage DLBCL. Approximately 45% of diffuse large B-cell lymphoma cases are limited stage falling within Ann Arbor stages 1 and 2. A significant pre-rituximab era trial by the Southwest Oncology Group 8736 established the superiority of combined modality therapy involving chemotherapy followed by radiation over CHOP alone for localized DLBCL. The study demonstrated a 5-year progression-free survival of 77% and overall survival of 82% for 3 cycles of CHOP followed by involved field radiation therapy surpassing the outcomes of eight cycles of CHOP alone. However, a longer follow-up revealed that the treatment advantage of combined modality therapy was not sustained, resulting in a 10-year PFS of 55% in both arms. While the benefit of rituximab in localized DLBCL has not been specifically analyzed in a randomized controlled trial, the MINT study focusing on patients with limited-stage disease confirmed its advantages The Southwest Oncology Group conducted a phase 2 study evaluating 3 cycles of R-CHOP with subsequent involved field radiation therapy in patients with localized aggressive B-cell lymphoma predominantly DLBCL showing a 10-year progression-free survival and overall survival of 58 and 67% respectively The potential acute and long-term side effects of radiotherapy raised the question of whether a subgroup of limited stage DLBCL patients can be selected for chemotherapy alone. A French study in limited stage non-bulky DLBCL less than seven centimeter randomized patients to receive four to six cycles of R-CHOP followed by 40 gray radiotherapy or four to six cycles of R-CHOP alone. Only patients achieving complete response by PET CT were randomized with no difference in five year event free survival or overall survival between the arms. This supports chemoimmunotherapy alone as a suitable treatment for non bulky, limited stage DLBCL patients achieving complete response to RCHOP. Furthermore, in the study that we just spoke about, patients assigned to no radiotherapy had a comparable event free survival and overall survival. To those receiving radiotherapy, suggesting that radiotherapy may be unnecessary in selected patients responding well to chemoimmunotherapy alone. We must mention that primary testicular DLBCL, usually presenting at limited stage, is managed with six cycles of RCHOP and prophylactic scrotal irradiation due to its unique characteristics, including a propensity for late relapse high risk of CNS recurrence, and recurrence in the contralateral testis. Let's move on to the novel strategies to improve cure rates in DLBCL. Despite the improvement in DLBCL outcomes with R-CHOP chemotherapy, approximately 40% of patients still experience relapse after primary therapy, and the majority of those who relapse will not achieve a cure. Numerous randomized trials have been unable to identify a therapy superior to RCHOP. Currently, ongoing trials are exploring the integration of novel targeted agents with a biologic rationale in distinct DLBCL subtypes. Both lenalidomide and ibrutinib have shown potential selective benefits in activated B-cell DLBCL exhibiting single-agent activity in relapsed abc DLBCL compared to germinal center B cell subtype. Randomized trials are actively assessing the efficacy of each of these agents in combination with RCHOP compared to RCHOP alone, specifically focusing on ABC non-GCB DLBCL. The results of these trials are eagerly awaited and have the potential to redefine the standard of care for a biologically defined subset of DLBCL patients. We will now discuss the management of relapsed and refractory DLBCL. Upon suspicion of recurrence, it is advisable to repeat a biopsy due to the implications of recurrent, diffuse, large B-cell lymphoma and the potential for relapse with a different histology. Following confirmation of recurrence, patients should undergo complete restaging investigations. For patients younger than 70 years of age, without significant comorbidities, second line salvage combination chemotherapy, such as rituximab, ifosamide, carboplatin, and etoposide, rice, rituximab, dexamethasone, cytosine arabinoside, and cisplatin, RDHAP, or rituximab, gemcitabine, dexamethasone, and cisplatin. RGDP should be administered followed by high-dose chemotherapy and or autologous stem cell transplantation if chemotherapy-sensitive disease is demonstrated. The evidence supporting the use of high-dose chemotherapy with autologous stem cell transplantation in relapsed DLBCL is based on the historic PARMA study where patients who relapsed with aggressive lymphoma following an initial complete response to primary therapy, received two cycles of DHAP chemotherapy. If chemosensitivity was demonstrated, patients were then randomized to receive further chemotherapy with DHAP or with BEAC, carmustine, etoposide, citarabin and cyclophosphamide, followed by autologous stem cell transplantation. Patients in the transplantation arm showed significant improvement in both 5-year event-free survival and overall survival. However, recent randomized trials in the modern era have shown disappointing success rates with this approach in patients who relapse or who are refractory to RCHOP, with fewer than 30% of patients remaining progression-free at 2 years. Recent investigations have explored optimal salvage therapy in three Phase 3 Randomized Control Trials The collaborative trial in relapsed aggressive lymphoma, the CORAL study randomized patients with relapsed DLBCL to receive Rituximab plus Ifosamide, Carboplatin and Etoposide, RICE or Rituximab plus Dexamethasone, High-Dose Cytosin and and Cisplatin, RDHAP for 3 cycles followed by high-dose chemotherapy with carmustin, etoposide, citarabin, and melphalan, BCNU. This was followed by an autologous stem cell transplant if a response was demonstrated. Effectively, the coral study compared RICE versus RDHAP followed by BCNU with transplant if a response was demonstrated. There was also a second randomization following transplantation to rituximab or to observation to evaluate the role of maintenance therapy. At diagnosis, 62% of the patients had been treated with a CHOP-like regimen with rituximab. The investigators of the Coral Study concluded that in patients who experience relapse more than 12 months after diagnosis, prior rituximab treatment does not affect event free survival. There was no difference between the effects of rice and RDHAP. A second randomized trial by the National Cancer Institute of Canada compared R-DHAP to R-GDP which is rituximab, gemcitabine, dexamethasone and cisplatin in aggressive lymphomas showing similar overall response rates, event-free survival and overall survival with a lower toxicity in the R-GDP arm. A third trial compared ofatumumab with DHAP to R-DHAP as salvage therapy, revealing no significant difference between the arms with generally low complete response rates. The primary predictor of success was achieving a complete response by PET scan prior to autologous stem cell transplantation. These studies show that relapsed DLBCL is an unmet medical need in modern practice. As on date, treatment options in relapsed DLBCL includes RICE, RDHAP or RGDP along with high dose chemotherapy followed by an autologous stem cell transplant. We will now discuss management of non-transplant eligible patients with refractory or relapsed DLBCL. Patients who relapse after a high dose chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation or are eligible for curative intent treatment often receive palliative therapy, utilizing lower-intensity regimens to offer short-term disease control with manageable toxicity. Commonly used regimens in this context include gemcitabine-based treatments like R-Gemox, rituximab, gemcitabine, and oxaliplatin, or rituximab-bendamustine. Selected subsets of relapsed refractory DLBCL may benefit from targeted therapies. Brentuximab vedotin, an anti CD30 antibody drug conjugate, has shown promise in CD30 positive DLBCL with an overall response rate of 44%. Lenalidomide monotherapy demonstrates responses in approximately one quarter of relapsed DLBCL patients particularly in the non-GCB-DLBCL subtype. The Bruton tyrosine kinase inhibitor Ibrutinib yields higher responses in the ABC subset of DLBCL. Genetically modified autologous chimeric antigen receptor T cells targeting CD19 have emerged as highly active agents in managing chemotherapy refractory DLBCL axicaptogene cell, an anti-CD19 CART T-cell product, achieved an impressive overall response rate of 82% with a complete response rate of 54% in patients refractory to chemotherapy. The durability of remission was encouraging at one-year follow-up. However, CART T-cell therapy is associated with cytopenias cytokine release syndrome and neurologic events. Cytokine release syndrome characterized by fever, hypoxia, and hypotension was observed in 93% of patients with severe cases reversible by tocilizumab. Neurologic events occurred in 64% of patients, but were mostly reversible with steroids being effective in severe cases. Axicaptogene silolucel has received FDA approval for DLBCL, primary mediastinal B-cell lymphoma and transformed follicular lymphoma who had at least two lines of treatment previously, becoming a crucial part of the therapeutic armamentarium for chemotherapy refractory DLBCL. tisan genlec is another FDA-approved anti-CD19 CAR-T cell for multiple relapses or refractory DLBCL with other products in development expected to contribute to the treatment options. Due to the complexity and toxicity profile, CART T-cell should be administered only at experienced centers. In the second part of this episode, we will talk about the management of primary mediastinal large B-cell lymphoma. B-cell lymphoma with features intermediate between DLBCL and classic hodgkin's lymphoma and high grade b cell lymphoma with myc and bcl2 and or bcl6 rearrangements the so called double hit lymphomas with that we have come to the end of this episode thanks for listening